the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And uh, we've got a lot to cover today. And (laughs) some of it will make you laugh out loud if you're uh, uh, ready for a good laugh. Uh, Picture Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard with uh, some illegal immigrants. or I shouldn't say that. Immigrants. Uh, refugees, those who have been allowed to cross the border because we have no real border. Um, They're up in Martha's Vineyard. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, uh, we have some uh, housekeeping details. One, eaglecouncil.com. If you're interested in finding out more, it's our annual gathering of eagles. It's in St. Louis on Saturday, uh, September 17th. Very cool event. Go to eaglecouncil.com, eaglecouncil.com, 51st. Uh, version of this, the Eagle Council. It's uh, pretty exciting. We're we're pumped for it uh, and uh, more there. Uh, we got two guests today. Later, we'll talk with uh, Ted Malik, our old friend. He's got a he's got a thoughtful piece up at American Greatness about um, Ronald Reagan, about his faith in uh, a divine plan, a DP, as it's as uh, it's called. And we'll talk with Craig Huey, a businessman, about what's going on and the impact of what is happening uh, with. Um, all the uh, regulations and all the things that are going on. So we got, he does a Huey report, uh, interesting new guest. We'll talk with him. Uh, but first, what you need to know, what you need to know, you know, when you watched uh, in the last week or so, my friend, my friend, Todd Benzman, who is over at CIS.org, also ToddBenzman.com. And Todd is a investigative reporter who for a long time now has been covering the border and we've been getting, what, every two weeks an update? And he's been down to the border. He's been down to parts of uh, Latin America. He's been reporting back. And, and the two things that I have marveled at with him are I repeatedly ask him almost every time we talk about why the issues that are facing us in this country uh, at the border are not getting more attention from the media. And that's always a challenge. He was a reporter for a number of years, for a decade or more. And so it's interesting to hear him talk about that. That's one thing. And the second is the reality on the ground that is just completely out of control, off the charts, even more and and more than it ever was under Obama or anybody else. And the the scope of the uh, challenge. Well, Benzman Todd has Todd Benzman has been a great resource for us. We've been really always you know pleased. I I consider him kind of a, a a correspondent for the show. But on I think it was Thursday morning. Uh, Thursday, the 15th of September. I think that's right. Front page of the po- the New York Post was Todd Benzman's coverage of the border. And that's a tabloid, you know, tabloid layout as well as tabloid sort of headlines and things. And, but it was real reporting about the size and scope of the border, or border problem, the open border. Coming on the heels, of course, of Kamala Harris having said during an interview last weekend with Chuck Todd that the border is secure. And coming on the uh, heels of the press secretary in the White House saying, you know, it's the Republicans obstructionist. Otherwise, Joe Biden's doing a great job of securing the border. It makes you roll your eyes. As we've said, if you're willing to lie so much uh, and so brazenly, it, it goes pretty well for you. Um, as long as you don't get fact checked, which the media won't do to these folks. So but all of that, I would say, is not sufficient to get the attention of the media 
until, until, and this is what you need to know, the importance of what Governor Ron DeSantis and Governor Abbott of Texas did. Governor Abbott bust up uh, people from New Texas uh, up to Washington, D.C., dropped them off in front of Vice President Kamala Harris's home. It's the Naval Observatory up in sort of north uh, west D.C., and the other thing that DeSantis did was he got two planes full and a planes full of uh, of the new immigrants that have landed and he shipped them up to Martha's Vineyard. Now, the media, the head, the heads, collective heads of the liberals who uh, see this, uh, they've gone crazy. And they've gone crazy. And they're accusing these you know, governors of being uh, abusive for shipping these people here and how bad it is. And they're going to work on it. They're going to uh, Martha's Vineyard has a plan to get rid of these people. You know, we got to get them off the island here. It's so funny to watch. And the hypocrisy would be stunning, just like the lying is stunning, except it's so common now. But what you need to know is it's not the hypocrisy and the lying that's interesting. It's that's important. It's not the reality of the uh, illegals that are coming to the country, the immigrants that are coming to the country up to two million. It's not the again, the the, the sanctuary city status and the sanctuary. Uh, I guess it's a sanctuary city in D.C. And I guess Martha's Vineyard is a sanctuary state. I don't know. But the, the status that they want to be open to uh, immigrants and illegals and all that. But they don't want to really show up in their backyard. All of that pales. In comparison to this, and this is what you need to know, DeSantis and Governor Abbott, Governor DeSantis and Governor Abbott, have succeeded in forcing the media to cover this set of issues. And so they're covering this set of issues in a way they never did before. Even the conservatives are suddenly covering it because it's got a sort of uh, a political gotcha factor to it. It's, it's got enough of a... Uh, of a um, kind of a, um, carnival or a stunt-like activity that, you know, and, and I, that's what they're trying to make it look like. It's a pure stunt. But if you're DeSantis and Abbott, you're saying, hey, we got hundreds of thousands of people in our backyard that are coming through here that are changing the economy, that are impacting our safety, that are, you know, not being vetted. And as I say over and over again, the 2 million n- number, which is the number that we know is coming into the country at this point estimates, that's just the ones that are caught, that are actually captured. And, and by captured, I don't mean that they're held. I mean that the information is captured, that we got 2 million of these people, got their name and address uh, or name and their phone number. I don't know, name and whatever. Those are the ones we have. There, there must be at least another 2 million that are coming in and they don't, we don't even know. In other words, they're not even, there's not enough time, not enough energy, not enough people to process them. They're just coming into America. That's my opinion. I know there's estimates in different ways, but, and Todd Benzman and I talked about that, but that's my opinion is that we're seeing at least 2 million more this year. So, I know, oh, I know what I was going to tell you. I, Mike Cernovich was tweeting and he said, you know, when you're in a, when you're in a, an inflationary period, wages go up. They go up because people ha- are ha- having to work harder to get the employees and they go up as a matter of economics. But if you flood America with more labor, which is what 4 million people does, you're going to hold down wages. So not only are low income folks going to pay inflation costs, you know, pay the price for inflation, they're not going to see the wage increases. There's a lot of twisted things going on when you have an open border, not to mention the, the, the fentanyl and not to mention the sex trafficking, you know, not, one after another, national security concerns. And so into this moment, I was joking with uh, Todd Benzman, comes his book, which is coming out in a a week or two. It's called Overrun, 
Overrun. It's about Joe Biden's policies. It's from Post Hill Press, uh, Bombardier Books. And uh, Todd Benzman's coming out. I've got a flyer for it up on my website. And I said, perfect timing, Todd. Perfect timing to explain what's going on. Because it's not one change. It's not one thing. It's a full set of policies that encourage this behavior. In fact, incentivize this behavior to have an open border, a border that's being flooded. It's much more dramatic than under Obama. It's much more serious than ever before. And it doesn't show any sign of stopping, of slowing, of changing. The Biden administration has even uh, been put on the hot seat by some of their own members who don't like this, you know, Manchin and others, and they don't care. They're going forward anyway. Now, the last part of what you need to know, the fact that DeSantis and Abbott were able to do these stunts to get attention, to cause the whole country to talk about it. Here's the reality. This is what you need to know. Republicans win in the fall because of this issue, among others. But you know the country's in the wrong direction if you look up and hear 2 million people and likely 4 million people coming into the country that we can't know and never will be able to recoup and recount and and recalibrate and adjust, period. Trust me, the timing of this six, eight weeks before an election and the reality of the country where you feel like the government is doing certain things for certain people if you're connected, And the rest of us are on our own or worse. The rest of us are on our our own or worse, meaning you're either on your own or you're being not left alone and targeted and harassed and put in a a, a tough spot. So an extraordinary set of uh, turn turn of events and all credit. I wonder if Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis are working together or their people are because it's pretty amazingly uh, perfect. And let me drop the footnote here. Ann Coulter found this. Uh, Mayor Bloomberg. He took uh, illegals that were in his state, excuse me, in his city, and he sent them on buses to Miami because he was sick of um, the the people of Florida or the states of Florida, excuse me, cities in Florida, sending them up to him. So when people say, oh, my gosh, it's unheard of. Bloomberg was a big, he's a big popular guy with the left. He was half a Republican once, and then he was an independent. He's really a liberal Democrat. But now put it, hang it on him if you don't like it. That was a good catch by Coulter. All right. That's what you need to know. Let's take a break. We'll come back and talk with uh, Ted Malik and Craig Huey. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We will be back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with a new guest on the program. His name is Craig Huey, and uh, I was looking at his credentials. He is um, well-known. You might have seen him on Fox News. He's on the radio a bunch of places. He is uh, also runs CraigHuey.com, uh, which you can go over there, and he'll uh, email you his uh, smarts. Also appeared on C-SPAN, business owner, marketing expert, and uh, ran for office even, which the late Phyllis Schlafly used to say, Craig, that uh, you learn more by running and losing. If you win, you think you're a genius, but if you lose, uh, you are have a little bit more humility. So Craig A. Huey is our guest, and uh, he is, as I mentioned, a political commentator and author, all kinds of stuff in business, too, the author of the Huey Report. But I wanted to get him on because I got flagged um, the impact on businesses, small businesses, by 87 new IRS workers, IRS bureaucrats. It seems obvious, but talk to a businessman and he'll explain it to you. So Craig Huey, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? 
Ed, I'm doing great, great, uh, great also to be with you on this important topic because it's going to affect every single listener. Well, it sure is. Now, first, Craig, you're a businessman and a speaker and campaigns and all. So you've started and stopped businesses and all. Have you um, have you been audited? I've never been audited. Thank knock on wood hard, but I've never been audited. Have you? So I've been in business for over 30 years, uh-huh. small business. Yep. And uh, as an entrepreneur, small businessman, I have been uh, audited. Hmm. I've had the IRS numerous times come to my door. And um, at the beginning, when I was just starting off, not making money, just trying to get the company going, it, it was a terrifying experience because what I found was someone who was heartless, relentless, wanting to uh, his, find something I did wrong. Hmm. In order to put a, a, a notch on his belt that he, he had collected more money. Right. And, and this is the problem. Uh, uh, the IRS Army, Biden's bureaucratic 87,000, if you can imagine, would fill more than any type of football or uh, baseball stadium, 87,000 new bureaucrats hmm. who are targeting the working class, the lower middle class, and yes, the small business owner who's just an, uh, trying to get a business going, uh, they, they, they are now going to be possibly audited. And let me tell you, Ed, what happens with that, if you try to do it yourself, you're almost for sure going to lose because hmm. there's always something they can find. Yeah. But if you are smart, you're going to hire a CPA or a lawyer to defend you. They may be able to protect you. I've had my CPAs and lawyers protect me, but I had to do that when my business was larger right. because it cost so much money. Yeah. Well, I was, I did an interview this morning and I was, uh, we're talking with Craig A. Huey. And by the way, one of his books, you can get Deep State Book, uh, go to deepstatebook.com. It's called The Deep State 15 Surprising Dangers You Should Know. And it's sort of overlapping with our conversation on 87,000 IRS agents. But I said to somebody earlier, the news about subpoenas going out to 40 new, uh, Trump, uh, staffers or whoever. I told someone, look, uh, the congressional, uh, subpoenas, you can sort of ignore in the sense that you know the universe of trouble, but but you can't ignore a federal grand jury. I mean, and so you're going to spend five to 10 grand to get the right lawyer, just like you just said with the IRS. Um, our guest again is uh, Craig Huey, and uh, you can uh, go to his uh, blog and his website, CraigHuey.com. That's H-U-E-Y, CraigHuey.com. Uh, but back for a second to small business. You said you said the... Um, you said a, a key uh, dynamic that I want to underscore and have you t- talk about, and that is this. If you're a small business, by definition, you've got an accountant who is down the block. He's got 17 clients. He's a small business. You've got an attorney who's yeah. probably a sole practitioner. He's got 50 clients. If you're a big business, you've got 10 lawyers in the building. You've got 50 auditors in the building. By definition, increasing the number of agents, IRS agents, and them as as you point out having to find something to do it, it's designed it, it, you can you can say it's not designed for this but the, the practical effect every time of the design is to impede the smallest businesses because you can't afford to have someone on your staff eight attorneys to do this and and, and tell me about yeah. your experience as a very small business a startup a startup campaign that what i'm describing how true it is 
Well, let me just tell you that 90% of the income is going to come from the small business owner uh, and, and the individual because part of the new law that was just passed that gives us the 87,000 new IRS agents uh, basically included that any transaction that was $600 or more is going to be reported to the IRS. So what does this mean? Basically, it, it means this. If you're a babysitter, if you're a barber, if you're a gardener, if you're you know, a tutor, uh, the bullseye is on your back. Uh, if, if you're doing anything where you're trying to earn money, if you're selling lemonade, uh, if you're if you have a garage sale, if you have, you charge neighbors for a taco party, if you you're selling flowers, if you're doing anything, you can be a target and you can be found guilty and you'd really have no defense. It, 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 it's it is terrifying what can be happening with everyone. And that's what they try to do is put terror in, in your life and you just cave. So a small business owner, they have no defense. They're going to cave. But again, their thought is being guilty. And that's, that, that's the big problem. Uh, it, it, it's a sad state of the direction of America that Biden's new army is basically building more money for socialism, but it's also destroying people's lives. You know, so many people listening are retired. Well, they get the income in and they get different types of income, but a lot of them don't pay their income tax or don't fill out an IRS form. They're now going to be in big trouble. You, you, you've got people all over the United States who might be doing just part-time jobs or side jobs. They're going to be in big trouble. And those small stores down the way, they may have a revenue of maybe $200,000, which means they might be making uh, after cost ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 more. They, if they're lucky, they're making a profit. They're the main target. It's destroying the entrepreneurs, the people who create jobs where most of the jobs are. It's the entrepreneur who creates new innovations. It's the entrepreneur. And as a business owner, I have experienced this terror and I want to do everything right. I'm not trying to hide something. I'm trying to lower my taxes. That's not illegal. But <laughs> right. It's so easy to make a mistake. It's so easy to overlook something. It's so easy even to have an IRS agent say, hey, you're fine. The next one that comes in says, hey, you should have done this. I'm going to charge a huge penalty. It really is a huge danger and we shouldn't be facing this. It's not going to go after, you know, the big corporations. They have their army of lawyers against an army of IRS agents. The IRS doesn't want to even go after them. Yeah. There'll be a few after them. The easy money, the the success for the IRS agent is a small per, uh, business owner and the individual who might be making some side money. Uh, we're talking again with uh, Craig Huey, a businessman, author. He's written uh, books on uh, Christian voters, on the important principles uh, that are at the heart of uh, voting. Uh, they book a book on the deep state. And uh, also you see him on Fox, Newsmax, C-SPAN, all over radio and TV. Uh, CraigHuey.com. You can sign up for the Huey Report there. Uh, Craig, do you um, you ran for office? And so when we all hear Republicans say they're for the small businesses, but yes. does it translate? I mean, do you feel like you see Republican policies? It's a good soundbite, but is it are you seeing it, feeling it? And what do you think the future is? 
Well, the problem is most of the people who run for office are lawyers or people who have a, <laughs> uh, a, a desire to change society in some way, and they have no practical business experience. I can tell you, the, the, the Republicans who have been small business owners, they get it. You raise taxes in a recession like we're headed into, you're going to put people out of business. You raise taxes when you have prices going up every single day and you're trying to pay your bills and the, everything gets more expensive. And yet do you have to raise your prices to the consumer, to, to your clients? It, it, it is a horrific situation, but when you're starting to raise taxes as well, you're starting to have audits where you're, paying lawyers, you're paying CPAs, or you're, you're paying your accountant, you're paying your staff to put together papers, and you yourself are being distracted from the thing of keeping your business in, in going, this, this is a nightmare to, to small uh, business owners and to the average American. It's going to affect jobs. It's going to affect wages. It's going to affect every listener. Mm. Well, Craig Huey, go to CraigHuey.com. You can see more of his writings. I think you're on the, the right track, of course. But also, I think that's the, 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 in my ear, uh, Craig, the energy of a business guy saying, hey, this is how it's impacting us. Um, uh, and I think we have a lot of work to do in both parties, you know, not just the uh, Democrats, but the, if the Republicans have power at whatever level uh, that they understand. So thank you for the time. Craig Huey, again, we'll put it up on social media. Craig at Huey.com. You can sign up for his email there and a lot more. He's got a number of books. So thank you, sir. Thanks, Ed. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, time to tech, uh, excuse me. Time to catch up with Ted Malik, our old friend. He's got a new piece over at American Greatness. It was actually a day or two ago. Um, and uh, great, great, you know, um, there is an art to titles of essays, books, and everything. Phyllis Schlafly, the late Phyllis Schlafly, used to say, half of a book's success was its title. Um, a Choice, Not an Echo was her most famous, of course. But this, this piece that ran over at American Greatness, do you have a DP? And I said, uh, yeah. And I went through. Ronald Reagan knew who he was, made the world, created the order and freedom in it, and, on, and this piece, DP. DP, I was I, I, when I first read, it, I thought, "What's he double play? What's he doing here?" Divine plan. So, Ted Malik, welcome back to the program. How are you? Thanks, Ed. It's good to be with you. So, Reagan, when you were living through the Reagan era, and I mean, you know, you weren't you weren't a total kid, but you were young. He was in that sort of the heyday of your career, coming up and and all. Did you recognize him? the way you see him now? I know that's a silly question, but there's such a sense of who he was and what he was about. But at that time, was it was it evident? Well, I think it was to those of us, and I was a, a boy prodigy in the State Department <laughs> at, <laughs> right? at less than 30 years of age. Uh, but yeah, uh, Ronald Reagan is too generous, is one of a kind. And I, 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 he really believed in America. I say in this piece, he... He really re-energized uh, American greatness by exhibiting uh, our exceptionalism. Uh, there won't be another Ronald Reagan. I think that's always a search in vain. But we're very fortunate that God gave him to us 
for that period of time when he was president. But it, what's interesting about it is it's like when I went back and I tell people to read Norman Vincent Peale. And if yeah. you go read Norman Vincent Peale, there's not a page that goes by without him mentioning his faith and scripture and Christ. And when I read this piece about Reagan, right. he, he he didn't believe in his exceptionalism. The thing that was powerful was he's writing to his father-in-law um, and his father-in-law, who he adored, was very, very, uh, you know, was very, very close to him. And uh, and he was a non-believer. And he's talking about how this is Ronald Reagan. I don't even know what year it was. Yeah, he was already president. And, 1982. And, he wrote yeah. it in his own hand. It's a letter that he actually recently uh, um, came to light. And it, it's it's very telling about who he was in his inner person. And his yeah, and my and so this extraordinary success, it might be true. I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about, say, Thatcher, who had extraordinary success at a key moment in history. Was she was did was she informally? So this guy, Reagan, who again, my point is he would have been perceived as so extraordinarily charismatic. But at the heart of him was his Christian faith, which is what you write about. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's very important to look at uh, Reagan's upbringing. His um, baptism, his mother becoming a disciple of Christ, which is a Protestant uh, restoration movement. And, um, you know, his, his decision himself, after reading a certain book his mother gave him, and with the help of his own pastor at that point in time, uh, Reverend Ben Cleaver, to be kind, to kind of become the kind of person that he was. Uh, and it, it really shaped his entire worldview, his entire worldview what uh, some historians have called an unashamed city on the hill patriotism a great a great uh, terminology yeah did that um from matthew 5 of course you knew that Ed. I didn't yes know. of course you don't have to tell me but i mean did 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 um did you um did did reagan have this divine plan sense of himself i, I know it was early in his life like he was in maybe 10 or 15 or 12 or something he was had his sort of uh experience of of believing but did he have this divine plan is that is that was that underlying his optimism is that how you'd see it he didn't have to be down because no matter what it was it was all good that's it that's really it. Uh, he believed that God had a plan for his life. Uh, it was even fortified by the survival uh, of his assassination attempt, I remember, in March 1981, immediately forgiving the assassin, which is an unbelievable f- you know, fact in itself. But it's all over Reagan. And if you go to the library, if you go to his, you know, his foundation, you see all those things, the addresses, the proclamations, the letters, private conversation. He repeatedly stressed his faith in God, in prayer, inspiration of the Holy Bible, the divinity of Jesus Christ. It, it's all over him. And I know that the, the press is very awkward with this. They hated it. They mocked him even as much as they mock Trump. Uh, and, and they hated his anti-communism. And his anti-communism, which, again, this is a really important historical story. He had that bond with the wonderful Pope John Paul II, a firm Polish Catholic anti-communist, and with Britain's Iron Lady, who you've already mentioned, Margaret Thatcher. They were Christians together. They were a troika to bring down the Berlin Wall and end communism. They were united and diligent in faith. I, w- I was really fortunate to be part of that process, but they were the leaders. Was uh, Judge Clark you refer to in there yes. more? I, I, more and more, I hear reference to him as one of the key uh, sort of friends. I guess it would be figures. Figures sounds like I'm talking history, but friends in Reagan's life. 
Well, we all have those friends that are very important to us. And, you know, the choice of those friends who we take counsel from, who comforts us when we're down, who who we can really talk openly with. And Judge Clark was one of those pe- persons. I think Ed Meese, other people, Michael Lever, et cetera, were others. But Judge Clark was a man of deep Christian faith and a, and a lifelong friend to Donald Reagan. Um, I don't know if you've ever been up to that ranch. It's really a, a telltale place above Santa Barbara there in the mountains. But uh, he used to ride horses there with Judge Clark. And um, he, you might, uh, I always remember the picture of Ronald Reagan, right. and white yeah. horse. Yeah, yeah. But what they discussed on the horse rides together, they called, they called the DP. Hmm. And of course, that DP was a divine plan. So he had someone that he could share and kind of interact with about his faith and what he was called to. Ted, do you think that 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 even that story, as I hear it, feels like another era? Mm. And 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 it, it was it's so quintessentially American, I think. I, 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 I think you could envision I think you could envision like JFK talking like that. Right. I, I think you could envision. I don't know. Uh, somebody like Nixon talking about that. I, you know, we're, we're trained to not think of him as reflective. But at the highest level of the of sort of leadership and intense success, there are people that they're grappling with all these kinds of things. They have to be. But it feels like a different era. I mean, it feels like it's hard to picture the current people. And I, I have a different opinion of Trump, for example. I think he probably has a lot more uh, faith and understanding than most than people realize. But and he was a Norman Vincent Peale uh, attendee at, at Peale's church for 35, 40 years. So but it's just, it just feels a little old fashioned. Feels old fashioned because the path of secularization has eradicated so much of our faith, faithfulness and the institutions that surround it so that it becomes more and more foreign. Uh, and, and I think it's harder to find people who uh, live their lives in that vein. I, I don't think it's impossible. I mean, we both know many people that do. I think we both do. But uh, the fact is that our, our, our leaders, with some exceptions, are not like they used to be. Yeah, not like uh, what? Uh, how do you? And, and it's a funny segue, but it's a, it's a different one of our sensibility of of um, Great Britain. Um, but you must have a, a, an opinion, a thought, a, a reflection on the Queen. I mean, she was a different character than, say, obviously than Thatcher in our imagination as Americans. But boy, oh boy, she was she was um, uh, you know long in service. I mean, the death seventy years from World War Two through through Biden. I mean, it's extraordinary. Yes, it's unprecedented. We, we've never had any being who had that esteem and that long tenure. Uh, what is uh, maybe less well known about her that she's also a person of very deep religious faith, not just head of the Church of England, but a person who you could call a sincere believer. Profoundly affected her attitude towards people, towards things, towards the nation. I think she will be sorely missed. There, there will not be another Queen Elizabeth. There couldn't be another person like her. So I think even for Americans, and I'm not a monarchist, mm-hmm. I, I'm more on the side of our, uh, <laughs> our system. Fighters. Yeah. Uh, but I do revere um, the Queen and, and 
I hope she rests in peace. Well, and and what's interesting is, um, uh, again, she seems old fashioned, and especially when you have to when the when the next person on the throne is Charles. I mean, I don't. Uh, it just it's kind of it's, it's sort of like, huh, we've sort of come down. I mean, I don't mean it in a bad way, but it also is the left loves to diminish our institutions, our presidency, our our monarchy. It's uh, it, it is a it's a it's a change. I guess that's the way to say it, and and something to be aware of. Well, listen, Ted Malik, as always, thank you. Uh, the piece. Uh, which is really one of the Ted, you've been doing this quite a, a bit, actually. I've noticed uh, thoughtful. Uh, do you have a DP? Ronald Reagan knew who he was. And on from there, Ted Malik. Thanks, Ted. We appreciate it. Thanks. Ed. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. It's really good. Really good one. And especially uh, I I, um, I did get a chance to visit the Reagan Ranch. It's extraordinary. And uh, and the images that uh, Ted invokes in his piece, I'll put it up on social media and uh, we will take a break and be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. For many years now, Americans have debated heavily about what role society should play in promoting marriage and distinctions between men and women. On one side of the issue, you'll find a collection of people who defend traditional marriage for a variety of reasons. Some see the Bible as the ultimate authority on what constitutes a marriage. Some believe that every child deserves to have the chance to be raised by both a mother and a father. (laughs) The list goes on. On the other side of this issue, you will find a group of liberals who have long referred to themselves as the LGBT community. This acronym stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender. This has been the case for decades. Yet have you noticed that only recently has the left gone full throttle in their push to force transgenderism on unsuspecting Americans? Their incrementalism towards transgenderism may be effective, but it should not have been surprising. It's been in their name the whole time. More recently, the LGBT crowd has been expanding their acronym to accommodate a whole new list of deviances. At last count, the full acronym is now LGBT. QQIP2SAA+. If you want to see what they're going to push on our children next, just look at that acronym. The first Q stands for queer, which one source explains is an umbrella term for anyone who is not straight. The P stands for pansexual, which is someone who is sexually attracted to all people, regardless of their gender. In case you didn't think it could get any crazier, the 2S stands for two-spirit, which is when someone adopts a third gender in arcane Native American rituals. For me, the little plus sign at the end of the acronym is the most distressing. They're letting us know that they will never truly be satisfied. No matter how much we surrender to their demands, they will always come up with new levels of depravity to force us to submit to. Don't wait to take a stand. Western culture is worth defending. And it starts with defending the traditional family unit around which our culture is built. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The traditional family is the building block of our communities and country. That's why it's imperative to support strong marriages, respect fathers, and champion stay-at-home moms. At phyllisschlafly.com, we oppose the liberal attempt to redefine the family. To join us, visit phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I want to follow up for us on a story uh, that I I referenced either yesterday or the day before, um, a story about um, the Department of Justice, which has, uh, because of an executive order of Joe Biden's, there is an administrative plan to, uh, quote, intervene in the election to protect the election. So in March of 2021, there is the executive order 14019. So uh, let's see, 14,019 is the number. It's called, it's, it's, it's quoted, it's called, it's entitled, a better word, uh, the promoting access to voting. And what it does is it, it uses federal agencies to promote voter registration, federal agis, agencies to inform Americans about voting. It allows federal agencies' websites to be linked to state voter registration websites. It provides voter registration and vote-by-mail applications. It uses its approved nonpartisan third-party organization to register voters at federal agencies. Now, let me pause there. You understand, right, that these third-party organizations are left-leaning. The League of Women's Voter, League of Women Voters, they always host debates and they make themselves sound like they're, you know, sort of uh, even-handed. And there's like a, you know, a few Republican women in there and a few Democrat women. It's a liberal entity, so you can guarantee the nonpartisan third-party organizations are going to be left-leaning. They may not be Democrat formally, but they're left-wing. Uh, another thing that this that this executive order says uh, should be done using identification documents by the agencies to help people register to vote. So that means. Don't worry about actually proving your registration. We'll just use government stuff that we have. We're in charge. We'll, we'll help you vote, help you get registered. Multilingual services to potential voters, giving public employees time off and promoting registration for federal prisoners. Now, one more provision. Here it is. It's a responsibility of the federal government to expand access to an education about voter registration and election information and to combat misinformation in order to establish, enable all eligible Americans to participate in our democracy. Now, if you... Are you listening to that? The, Joe Biden's Department of Justice is going to figure out and combat misinformation. You're a clear and present, you're a clear and present danger. If you're MAG American, you are uh, opposed to the Republic. They've said that out loud. They've already said that. They've already declared that. So here's where it gets even trickier. All of this is happening. And a, a number of entities and, and individuals, Molly Hemingway is one. She writes over at the Federalist. Uh, also, the Foundation for Government Accountability, which we've had some of their folks on. I, I'm thinking right now is uh, Madeline Melissa, Melissa maybe, last week, uh, talking about some of the election chicanery. They've all asked, can we see exactly what's happening with this executive order? Can we know what you're doing to implement it? Because it's March of 2021. It's obviously done in time. Now, so here's the thing. In July of last year, so a full year ago, they had a listening session with outside activists who work on voting rights. Now, I would consider myself an outside activist, and I would consider one of the things I care about is voting rights. You think I was invited? No way. So here's the groups that were invited. ACLU, Campaign Legal Center, Demos, the Southern Poverty Law Center, the Leadership Conference on Civil Rights, Black Lives Matter. That's who's being consulted on how to implement this executive order to fortify the elections. And back to my point, Molly Hemingway, uh, one of the, a couple of different groups have asked for more details on this. We can, they won't answer. They won't answer. So we have the federal government that has shown at this point, has shown 
that in order to function, we must distrust and verify. That, that's the You can't trust and verify right now. You have to distrust and verify. That's the plan. You, you, when you look at the Department of Justice having a, a, a plan to intervene in the election, an executive order signed by Biden, action taken by the department, you have to distrust and verify. You have to ask, what does that mean? What's happening? Tell me what's going to go on. Tell me where the money's spent. And they won't answer. They won't answer we the people. And again, first of all, if we can get through the 2022 November elections and perhaps get you know Republican control of a body or two in the U.S. Congress, then we should get to the bottom of this, just like we should get to the bottom of all the Zuckerbuck stuff. And you should do it in any way that is appropriate use of the authority of Congress to investigate. And one of the ways to do that is when you investigate these third-party, nonpartisan entities and find out who they really are and what they really do. That's one thing you could do. It's not enough. But right now, at least we're raising some uh, noise. I'll put up on social media this article from DOJ. And uh, it really is damning. It's just stunning, really. It's really stunning that this is happening. And we've got to stop it. We've got to be vigilant. All right. Uh, let me say thank you, as always, to the great Noah Dingley, our producer, Joanna Spilger, associate producer. Thank you for listening. Uh, please visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. And we'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.